Welcome back to episode seven of the Native AZ Sports Show, brought to you by Patak and Dalton. Benny, how the hell are you? Hey, Nick. Merry Christmas Eve Eve. Glad to be here with everyone. Excited for today's show. Same. Happy Hanukkah to you, my friend. Thank you. We celebrated last night, opened up some gifts, lit some candles. What'd you get? Uh, I have an Apple Watch, actually. So pretty exciting day. It's my first. Let's go. Sierra did well. Ah, it was actually uh, Uncle Matt and Aunt Karen. Let's go, Uncle Matt and Aunt Karen. I love it. Well, to all of our listeners, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. Hope you're having a great time with friends and family. Today's episode, we are going to talk about the Arizona Cardinals, um, you know, exemplary organization. Uh, Steve Kime, leave of absence. Cliff Kingsbury, just as of today, the article coming out on Arizona Sports dot com talking about he's tired of the team sean payton head coach rumors uh just a lot of organizational stability that's sarcasm ben steve kime is let go well as of now steve kime is on an indefinite leave of absence for quote-unquote health related issues what is your reaction sir well first i'll say nick it is it seems to never be boring here in the valley man we have had one heck of a week of news even outside of the the play on the field or on the court. Um, my initial reaction, whenever you hear health-related issue, you hope the guy's okay. Um, people have suspected, and I think we all do, maybe what's happening is is there's a possibility that he's he's relapsed. We're, we're not 100% sure, so we, we wish him the best. But um, this definitely takes the franchise in a different direction. I, I think maybe there's some change on the horizon, Patek. I'd agree. And we wish him the best from a health-related perspective. Um, if it truly is another relapse because of alcoholism, that's a really difficult situation. I think we need to separate Steve Kime, the person, as a human being from Steve Kime, the general manager. And I think it would be, be in our best interest, just in general in life going forward, to say, look, hope this guy gets some help. Um, but obviously, on the professional side, he, you know, in a lot of ways, has been with the Cardinals so long. I think there's some nepotism there with Michael Bidwell, let's be honest. And I think it's time for a change. A lot of his draft picks actually do pretty well, but they just take forever to develop. That's probably on the coaching staff. It's time, though, to really replace him and Cliff, right? We just need to clean house. Um, we're not going to let Cliff, Kime, and Kyler go, probably. So we're going to keep Kyler, most likely. So I think we need to surround Kyler with a true guy like a Sean Payton. We'll get to that in a second. But who do you think should replace Steve Kime? Do you believe in the internal candidates, Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson? Those guys are taking over for right now. Well, so I listened to uh, to Harris talk the other day on the radio. He sounds like a very interesting guy. Um, he also sounded like someone who isn't going to have this job in a year. I can't say the same for Adrian Wilson. We know that he's attended some of these conferences. He was in the discussion to be the Jaguars GM in the offseason. I mean, he was a hell of a player on the field. He seems like a hell of a person, really smart man. Unfortunately, I think this organization is just in disarray and shambles. And we need to hit the reset button. You and I have been here. We we felt what it felt like during the Bruce Arians era. We have seen the Phoenix Suns go into this great management state, at least for their on-the-court product. You know what a great organization feels like. And right now, we're a little bit of embarrassment, Patek. A lot of an embarrassment. We are, you know, our home crowds are taken over by opposing fans in a lot of ways. The fans that do go, you know, it's tough to go there. I support and shout out all the fans that have really strong, you know, tailgates and game day experiences. It's just been really hard for us the last few years. Um, you know, uh, really 
ultimately the last half of last year collapsing the playoff uh, debacle going in this year was horrible uh, and it's time for a change I want a general manager that truly understands the value of getting a bunch of day two picks like third round picks to build the, the meat and potatoes of the roster a really good quality uh, you know interior lineman interior defensive lineman like something like a Packers a Ravens uh, a Chiefs you know head of personnel would be an amazing one uh, in terms of like someone that I'd like to be the general manager. I think we need to look outside the organization. I agree. I think the big question mark comes if you go get Sean Payton, is Sean going to want more control? Yes. I, I'm not really an individual who likes a head coach also being the GM. I think it rarely works out. If you look at Bill O'Brien era, especially, thank you for DeAndre Hopkins. We appreciate it. <laughs> Best trade ever. But I would like Sean Payton as a head coach next year and him to bring in some sort of GM. That's that the ideal. Cardinals agree on. And like you said, from a stand-up franchise that is has a history of building internally. Okay, so that's priority number one. We get Sean Payton. But let's also remember Sean Payton's under contract until I believe 2025. So we'd have to trade for him. What Ironically, you- that needs a GM to pull the trigger on a trade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Bidwell would be de facto GM, I guess, right? Or or no, sorry, uh, Quentin Harris or Adrian Wilson would be standing general manager with Bidwell's approval could make a trade. I mean, are you giving up the first pi- the first round pick for Sean Payton? Not a chance. I don't think it I don't either. that. It's a late round pick. I've never seen an instance where a coach nowadays, especially even at his caliber, would call for that amount of capital. So what, a fourth round pick or a fifth? I'm thinking sixth or seventh, Nick. I, I don't know if the Saints can coax you into that. If Sean Payton really says, hey, I'm leaving. I okay. want to go. I've done a lot for your franchise. Let me go. What if Payton has three or four suitors? Uh, that's a different question. And I, I don't think it comes down to draft capital then. It's all up to what does Sean want. And but he's under contract. The he is under contract, to- but the Saints aren't going anywhere with Dennis Allen. Right. But I think they'd still have to... like. Yeah, in a perfect world, the Saints release Sean Payton from the contract, and then he basically gets to sign wherever he wants. But if they're like, no, then the max, what's the max you're giving up? I think for me, it's like a fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah, and in that weird instance, probably a fourth or fifth, I guess. I'd say fifth, a day three pick is is where I'd want to go. Um, But I I honestly believe if Sean's coming back, he's going to make his choice, let the Saints know, and then there's going to be a negotiation that takes place between those two franchises. So ideal is Peyton as head coach and some really strong drafting type general manager from a really stable organization that you would pull from? Yeah, personally, I, I'd want someone who's currently working in an organization. There's there's a right. lot of figureheads, talking talents out there that maybe will do a really good job. I, I'd rather have the grinder, the guy that's been in the trenches, that's really good at scouting. Yeah. Um, and we can trust with this this big draft coming up. Head of personnel for a really stable, great drafting organization. 100%. Baltimore Ravens type organization knows how to draft, right? Look at Tyler Lindenbaum. He's like the best rated center by PFF or one of them. Uh, and when you look back in hindsight for a team that was four and 10, Lindenbaum would have been as, as good as Hollywood Brown is in a lot of ways. You know, you, you win with guys like Lindenbaum long term. You got to go young, right? I mean, you look at our offensive line at the start of the year. Seems like we had decent talent, but a yeah. lot of older players and they've fallen apart over the years. Uh, Make a prediction right now. It's December 23rd, 2022. Cliff and Kime both gone or just one? I think both. Um, I don't know if this is a good time. We could transition into that Cliff article that came out today where... Yes. Personally, I think it's a leak by 
someone at the Cardinals organization, as as we've seen this, or go into shambles is, is a way to say, hey, Cliff's really not happy either. Right. We aren't, he's not. I think we can see it on his face, Nick. It's he He's aged in the five years that he's been here. And I don't blame him. There's been a lot of heat. It, it seems like Cliff is a hard worker. He's a good guy. He's probably a good football guy in a different role. Maybe a quarterback's coach for yeah. Sean McVay. He went too up high there. up too fast. Right. So um, I think this is a little bit of a leak to to maybe set a precedent for what's about to happen. Agreed. The best case scenario is he resigns, which basically puts him out of the contract, doesn't have to be paid out. The chance he does that, I think, is minimal. Why would he? If he has partially guaranteed money, full and gar- fully guaranteed money, he should basically be like, no, you're paying me out. You know, you're going to fire me and then I, I get paid out. I, yeah. That's what I would do. It's business 101. I, and I think we've seen Cliff. He's kind That's of, why I don't believe that he's going to resign. Yeah. He's got Eric Burkhardt as his agent who we know floated out those Oklahoma rumors um, that he was going to go there, which helped with the contract extension. He's not just resigning. There may be some sort of negotiation if he goes and takes another job. But I think this is a leak by the Cardinals org to just set a precedent for what's about to happen on Black Monday. Yeah. In the Arizona Sports article is released today. It says anonymous source close to Kingsbury called the situation in Arizona, quote, not sustainable, while another close to quarterback Kyler Murray suggested that changes need to be made. This doesn't seem like an on-field relationship, on-field, off the field that can be uh, salvageable. I think Kyler needs someone like Sean Payton with that sort of success and pedigree to really hold him accountable and challenge him. And I think Kyler will respond well to someone with a big pedigree like that. Um, has Kyler really done a lot? Like he's a fantastically talented quarterback. Has he done enough to warrant that sort of ego and attitude? In my opinion, somewhat no. I'm a big Kyler Murray talent fan. I think he has steps to take off the field maturity wise. Uh, but I think let's just call a spade a spade. Kyler Murray is a franchise quarterback. They're probably not trading him. He's here for the long term. So you need to put the best uh, head coach and development team around him to bring the best out, you know, from him. You need a leader of men, Nick. Yeah. And that's that's what Bruce Arians was when he walked in. You knew he was running this team. And it hasn't felt like that for years here since BA left. And Sean Payton, he comes in and he carries that big stick with him. And he also carries a stick of someone who has trained a short quarterback in Drew Brees um, and has led them to a Super Bowl. He, he commands the attention of the room right when he walks in. And like you said, I think Kyler's grown this year in some maturity. But when he has someone above his head who's going to hold him accountable, um, I don't know that we've seen Cliff do that. I think he's going to take a big leap. As long as he comes back from this injury, uh, we hope that at least from the mental aspect of the game, Sean's really going to help with that if that's the guy. Yeah, ACLs aren't the kiss of death that much anymore. It's just a question of how much will Kyler trust running and scrambling. I think he's going to have to work on maybe some more designed runs or designed things like out of bounds. He, He cannot slide and go, you know, shoulders overhead he has to really do a baseball slide all times or run out of bounds i think it'll just there was a freak accident what happened but i think going forward he'll have to just be a little more careful when taking off and running maybe so two things on kyler real quick nick i think one we've seen some hesitancy even before the injury yeah to run or to run and get that extra five to ten yards so it does scare me with the injury and his mentality coming back but the second thing, we know he's a freak athlete. Right. And the standard began with an Adrian Peterson. We saw him come back and, and go over 2,000 yards after he tore that ACL in six months. I think Kyler has that freak in him. So it's possibility that he comes back and he's maybe even stronger with the right guy. At the helm. I agree. I just hope he does not rush back and goes f- fully, you know, throughout his course of his ACL rehabilitation and strengthening all the muscles around the knee. Um, because he's going to have to plant really hard off that knee 
you know, juke, create space, you know, take it to the outside, then cut back across the middle. Like that's going to really require a lot of load on that knee and ACL. So I just hope that like, I do not want 80% Kyler for week one. I will wait till week eight. This is a long term. Yeah, you have fifty million plus dollars With that kick years. in in twenty twenty four, fully guaranteed. So you want that knee as healthy as you? Yes. Can be. So if you know, we're not winning a Super Bowl next year, unless so, there's always been first to worst stories. Yeah, there so has. There's Just, a possibility, but I want him healthy. Yes. And if it comes at the risk of maybe not making it all the way, okay. But let's see where we land. Quick take on Bidwell. I think we know the answer to this. Do you think he'll sell the team? I don't think he will. No, he's got too much of a legacy. He seems to be a very much a legacy oriented guy. This is his business. We all praised Mike, Michael Bidwell when he had headed the org when his father left. He mm-hmm. came in and kind of turned this place around. Um, we've hit a little bit of a lull lately. And it's also because we're seeing this society with Buko billionaires and Michael Bidwell this is his business. This is where the money comes from. So we can't spend like others. Like Steve Cohen with the Mets? Yeah. Daddy Steve? Why can't we have a Daddy Stevie? Well, you know, maybe in a later pod, we'll talk about Daddy Matt coming yeah, in Yeah, Matt Ishbia. But Separate pod for the Suns. 100%. But I don't think Michael's leaving. I think he wants to bring a championship to the Valley. But yeah. we're just going to have a little bit of a lower chip end on, on our side. Um, so talking, let's talk really quickly. Um. Do you keep DeAndre Hopkins uh, if this is a rebuild slash reload? Uh, what is the minimum you would take for him in a trade? I am adamant about keeping DeAndre Hopkins. I think if you trade this man, you search the next decade for this type of talent. I've witnessed Larry Fitzgerald, similar assets, be elite into and past his mid-30s. DeAndre Hopkins today, 30 years old, I believe, Patak. And that gives it's him a, another maybe 31. five to six years of talent. So I th- even if you're getting multiple first, I'm sticking with DeAndre. He is the factor in us winning games. And especially within a different head coach, maybe a different O-line, and maybe a healthy Kyler with a different mentality. I think he takes us to the promised land in the right circumstances. Yeah, it says born June 6, 1992. DeAndre's 30 as of December 20, 2022. So he is 30 years old. So yeah, and look what happened when uh, the Packers traded Devontae Adams. <laughs> I think they miss him a lot. So, But if some team offers two first-round picks and you have a really, really good drafting general manager, I think you have to listen. I think you take the call. I'm not, I've seen the Calvin Pace and the Brian Johnsons when you, you trade yeah. out. And those are the picks that you get. It's never guaranteed when you have this elite talent. I think you have to keep him. You hold on to him. So you're going to pay DeAndre $20 million and Marquise Brown $20 million. You have $40 million in wide receivers-ish? That's tough. It, it, that's really tough. The going rate for wide receivers and elite wide receivers has changed. Christian Kirk changed that market. And he's almost lived up to that contract. A little bit of a side note. Um, but that is what a DeAndre Hopkins type is going to cost. Right. The question for me is do you pay Marquise Brown? You traded a first-round pick for Marquise Brown. That would be just another example of how stupid this organization has been when you gave up a Pro Bowl. The best interior lineman probably in the draft last year was Tyler Lindenbaum. The Cardinals were going to take Tyler Lindenbaum. That is a staple, long-term pillar of success. You're getting a second contract. He was a center. He plays center. He's not out of position. That guy's probably a future Pro Bowler. 
He was rated as one of the best interior linemen and centers last year. And then you don't, if you trade a first for Marquise Brown and then you don't keep and you, t- you keep hop, it's like, like that is what a terrible organization does. Yeah, you're, you're handcuffed right now because you traded that first round pick. And yes, we saw elite talent come out of him. I don't think if you're going to rebuild that you can keep both these guys. It's just too much money designated to one position. Would the fan in me be excited? Absolutely. But would my head say, that's a lot of designated money to Hollywood Brown, DeAndre you, Hopkins, and Kyler Murray? When you need to build out the rest of the team, especially that interior line Zach on Allen's a free agent, needs to be re-signed. Very good up-and-coming defensive lineman. Byron Murphy, good young corner, needs to be re-signed. Like, I would make an argument that those guys are more important than signing two really good wide receivers. But again, when the Cardinals have a, a below average offensive line, doesn't even matter. I mean, the reality is the hardest part has been drafting wide receivers and developing them. So they took a swing because we've whiffed on multiple second round wide receivers. And unfortunately, Rondo Moore right now can't stay healthy. So it looks like another whiff from the, the Chimera. Yeah. Side note, I'm very high on long-term on Trey McBride, but please, Sean Payton, come in here so we can have a head coach who knows how to use him. I think McBride is a future 800, 900 yards a a year, maybe upwards of 1,000 yards a year tight end. I think that's why you may consider trading DeAndre Hopkins if you sell high on that. You sign Hollywood Brown because you're not probably going to let him go when you traded a first-round pick for him. You're probably going to keep Hollywood. You're going to hope McBride becomes a number one tight end it's just a thought. Uh, if 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 it's anything less than a first and a third, I'm saying no to the Hopkins trade. Twelve personnel and get under center. That's some of the things I yeah, want to see. Not shotgun year. all the damn time. Like when you're in shotgun the whole time, the defensive line has much more of an advantage. When you're under center, it is much harder for the defensive lineman to know what's going to happen. So I think Sean Payton will put Kyler under center more. I sure hope so, Nick. I think it it works like Novocaine. Just give it time, and it always works. <laughs> Love that. Uh, let's see what else should we talk on? Oh, last, last point of this episode, uh, number one draft pick. Let's say right now, according to draft orders, we are fourth. Um, for some reason, the Broncos are third, even though we lost to them. And, uh, it's actually uh, going to the Seahawks because of that trade for Russell Wilson, Broncos country. You're not riding. Uh, riding. Broncos country, let's die. Broncos country, let's die. No, it's (laughs) like, okay, so Seattle's got the third pick. Arizona's got the fourth pick. Hopefully, we we lose out so that we get the third or second pick. Um, I want Jalen Carter the most, followed by Will Anderson. Who do you want? I want Will Anderson. I've just seen a nasty streak in him, but I'll take either of the Georgia boys. Uh, Personally, we've seen there's not enough pressure. Will Anderson's Alabama, but yeah. I get what you're saying. Uh, excuse me. Yeah. SEC, SEC boys. boys. Miss, misspoke there, but I'm, I'm excited for either one. I think we have a generational talent that's lining up. We don't need a quarterback, uh, so that comes in uh, also on a trade scenario. I personally want to see us keep the pick and take one of these generational talents. But what if someone offers a godfather offer for CJ Stroud or for some reason Will Levis has a huge write-up and he's like second, third, fourth pick and they're like, I'm going to give you... Uh, we're going to trade back in, you know, it's, you know, it's the fourth pick and you're going to get the 16th pick back and then you're going to get a future first and you're going to get two thirds and a fifth. I think it all sounds great. I think I have a little bit of PTSD from our bad drafting. Um, so maybe that's clouding my judgment to think that we would make the right selections with multiple picks. I like having the one guy in front of us, but 
it, it would be hard to turn down a monster trade if we have a if different you have GM the, at the helm. Right. We'll take Kime out of the equation. He's probably not the general manager next year. I'm talking with like a Baltimore Ravens, Green Bay Packers, knows how to draft extremely well. There's a really compelling argument if you can hit on these picks to rebuild the roster that way. Uh, Packers sure know how to to draft that defensive side really well. I don't sure. think they've they've missed on some of those offensive picks for yeah. Aaron Rodgers. But yeah. not giving but yes. Rodgers a receiver in 15 years uh, is like wild. Wild, but uh, so yeah, you, you definitely have to pick up the phone and listen. So Jalen Carter's there or Will Anderson? Just take it. I say take him. Yeah. Just take him. They I look agree. like sure things. They are monsters. If we get the fourth or fifth pick, they're both gone, and then we're picking between one of the quarterbacks or an O-lineman or somebody, you know, um, that we're trying to make a conversion like Paris Johnson, who's a guard, might go to tackle. No more O-line conversions. No, no conversions. Stick them at their position. They're at that position for a reason, yes. a la Hassan Reddick. God. <laughs> Hassan Reddick is balling. Absolutely balling. And he's eight. He's a monster. He was balling in college if he was just at this original position. Yeah, uh, it's I, just it's just wild that that's really what has happened. Uh, you know that we've let Hassan Reddick uh, go. So it's happy just, for him though. It seems like he's he's in a good spot. Shout up out there. to Hassan. Well, that's it for today's episode uh, on the Cardinals. Let's hope that there is a better outcome. We have organizational stability maybe in the next two months. Hopefully we know something. And let's hope the Chargers or Rams don't somehow get Peyton. He's an L.A. guy right now. He lives in L.A. So seems like there's some talks that he might want to stay there. But let's just hope that he's our head coach. One thing, Nick, is McSorley beating Brady on Christmas? No. Take out, hope take, not. Out, take out a home equity line of credit or a second mortgage and bet it. Don't do that. That is not financial advice. But no, I, I hope not. Uh, if that really happens, man, wow. That would just be wild. Uh, that'd be a typical Cardinals. Josh McCown beating the Vikings yeah. at the end of the season move. Spoiling someone's playoffs, ruining our draft capital. But at this point, I hope we land a top pick and we'll enter into next season with a first to worst mentality, worst to first mentality. Agreed. So to recap, Sean Payton is head coach, an experienced head of player personnel or someone at a really stable organization as GM. Bidwell's still the owner. Kyler comes back at some point next year, fully recovered. We get a good draft. We hope we get Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. If not, get a boatload of picks. Let's just hope that we, honestly, at this point, we were competitive. Please, Arizona Cardinals, play your young players the rest of the season. I do not want to see... These bums like, I'm sorry, Vallejo, Turner, and all these guys that have no future play. I really want to see Cam Thomas, my Jai Sanders. I want to see them play the whole game. Let's get them some snaps. They, they the look game. like they can be difference makers. Let's get J.J. Watt up there in his tackles. Let's see what Majay, let's see what Cam can do. Let's evaluate McBride. this team and really understand what we got heading into next year so we can get this organization back yeah, on track. Play the young players that are going to be here for a few years, please. That's it. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy holidays. We're sending love from, uh, from Native AZ Sports Show. Have a great holiday, everyone. Take care.